we've been working our best to do it. Absolutely. I'm going to have to call you back. Uh, Mr. Stain, sir, uh, we've explored what you've asked us, and it seems as though there's a little hiccup, actually. Um, to hiccup? Yes, to power the suit. So the technology actually doesn't exist. So it's... it's wait, it's, wait, it's, wait, the technology? William, here is the technology. I've asked you to simply make it smaller. Okay, sir, and that's what we're trying to do, but honestly, it's impossible. Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave! With a box of scraps! Well, I'm sorry. I'm not Tony Stark. Lights, camera, action. Welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour Films. As always, I am Ross Bacon, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mike McGuigan. Mike, say hi. How's everyone doing? And as you all definitely should know by now, we are a podcast that cracks open beer and we talk about some movies. Now, we are... Uh, almost at the end of our Valentine February, we are on week three with another Mike pick, and we are doing the legendary Jeff Bridges. And uh, we'll mostly Jeff be Bridges fan. Yeah, we'll mostly be focusing on Lebowski and Iron Man, but a lot of other stuff will come up, and we'll get to that as much as we possibly can. But we'll first, bring up the raging disappointment that was Crazy Heart. Oh, Jesus Christ! I mean, yeah. <clears throat> It's almost one of those movies like you don't want to talk about because the more you talk about them, means the more you have to keep living with it. <laughs> all we have to say, all we have to say about that movie is Maggie Gyllenhaal's in it, and we couldn't get more than thirty minutes through. <laughs> nope. Yeah, and both of us had to bail. But um, so before we get too much deeper into that, why don't we discuss what we're drinking first? So, Mike, what we got? All right. So, keeping up with the trend of my favorite breweries that we've been reviewing, I had I went to Icarus Brewing. Oh. That's a definitely a show favorite. Me and Tyler have gotten it several times. Yeah. Um, I got their Imaginarium, which is their Imperial IPA, and it is 8.7% alcohol. Now, t- tomorrow's President's Day, so no school for me. So I can enjoy my beer tonight. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That Imaginarium, hey. wasn't it like is that like that Heath Ledger movie, like Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus or something? I think so. So this, despite being an 8.7% IPA, is incredibly smooth. It's yeah. almost got a little bit of a sweetness to it. That's pretty nice. nice. Overall, it's like, it's definitely not a beer I would like slam back a bunch, but it's a beer that I could like chill and have like two or three and probably be feeling pretty decent because it's 8.7%. yeah that's usually how that works but uh yeah i went and i'm i'm sorry ship bottom i'm still using your glass but i went to a different brewery this week (laughs) (laughs) i went to i went back to victory and uh got myself another well i didn't get myself somebody actually got this for me for christmas i just haven't drank it yet but it kind of goes with lebowski a little bit i got a uh a bottle of white monkey now obviously it's white monkey white russians it's the bigger drink and um it is apparently their golden monkey, but aged in white wine, oak barrel, like barrels or whatever. Um, Interesting. Golden monkey is yeah. like 10%, right? Golden monkey is, I think, nine, but this is 9.5. So it might just be, obviously, the aging that might bump it up. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. It has a definite, once you pour it into like a different glass, you can smell the wine. Yeah. But, uh, it's actually really good. Um, it doesn't have that like spice that golden monkey does, mm-hmm. but it's more of like a, 
not a barley wine, but it's definitely more of a beer aged in a wine barrel, you know? I have an, I have an interesting story with Golden Monkey. Uh, <laughs> me, my buddy Franchi, and my brother Dan decided to have a couple of Golden Monkey while we were on vacation. And then we were in Orlando and we headed over to the Universal Studios theme park and went on the Hulk roller coaster immediately after. <laughs> Not a good choice. Bad choices were made. <laughs> And little kids were being hosed off afterwards. <laughs> of no one, no one puked on the ride. I think Franchi might have puked in the bathroom after. <laughs> nice. Yeah, the picture at the end of the ride is just you guys vomiting yes. all over somebody. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, this White Monkey is actually it's really good. But um, yeah, it's, it's a 16.9 ounce bottle. So um, 500 milliliters for you metric people. But um, it's really good. And uh, probably gonna drink it fairly slowly because you know, 9.5, and I do have to work tomorrow, so there's that. But yeah. um, why don't we get into the man himself, Jeff Bridges, aka the dude, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing? And um, Mike, you're obviously this is your pick, so why don't you uh, start us off? So Jeff Bridges has been one of my favorite actors of all time. I, I like to quote uh, American Dad, where uh, Steve is looking for a new father figure and he's like historically underrated Jeff Bridges. And I do think Jeff Bridges is an underrated actor. Um, Like to get into it with like Iron Man. So Iron Man is my favorite superhero. Iron Man one is my favorite superhero movie. Uh, And I think Jeff Bridges gets a lot of flat as a lot of the villains in the MCU do, but I think Jeff Bridges is a league above most of them. He's not quite on the level of what I would call like the Loki Thanos level, but you can, but I think despite have being part of all the cliches, which is angry businessman has the same powers as the hero, but evil. I think Jeff Bridges just brings a whole nother level to that villain that a lesser actor like Obadiah Stane could have been a much more generic villain, but Jeff Bridges, his kind like his almost father-like demeanor to or cool uncle-like demeanor to Tony Stark at the beginning that gets transformed into betrayal, which eventually becomes like straight up anger villain, uh warmonger type. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's and he's really intimidating in it. And oh, the scene, the it's scene not a with Pepper. You have to do that. Yeah, the scene with Pepper, where he he does something that villains that is one of the most unsettling things villains can do, and that is totally invade personal space. Yeah, yeah, it's when he goes to get the paper for the puzzle. Yeah, <laughs> thinking that he's taking whatever she grabbed or the secret that she was downloading and all that. Which, yeah, thanks, Tony Stark, Stark Industry Operating Systems, for just, you know, leaving that wide open on the desktop after that. You know, download complete. <laughs> You've been stolen from. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, he's, I think it's the fact that he's, I mean, we might as well start with Iron Man 2008. Obviously, everyone knows what it is. But um, if you don't, where have you been living? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's kind of impossible to not know what it is. But, um, yeah, he's, I think it's the bald head and the, goat and like the beard that does it like i don't know it's he's just really imposing and like intimidating in that and 
He's he's only I looked it up, like Jeff Bridges is only I keep wanting to say Jeff Daniels. I really do. I don't know <laughs> why. But it's kind of like Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman kind of thing. Yeah. But um he's Jeff Bridges is only he's six foot one. And compared to Robert Danny Jr., who's five nine, that's that's a difference. Mm-hmm. But like he they somehow make him seem just even bigger, you know. He seems like he's you know, like six seven, just like this hulking massive dude, and it's just like he's I think it's just his presence, you know, like his yeah. screen presence. He's so good. <laughs> like you, Jeff Bridges in that movie is, I I do think he's a very underrated comic book villain because now everyone looks, they just look at the tropes and not how the character was played. Yeah. And especially to make a guy so intimidating with the name Obadiah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Obadiah. You picture like a farmer in like, no shirt and overalls, you know, like, like with a corn cob pipe. That's Obadiah to me. Not an intimidating businessman, like you know, threatening and killing terrorists by the dozen, you know. <laughs> but I think my single favorite scene that shows Jeff Bridges' acting chops in that movie is when they're at the party, and that Jeff Bridges pulls him in. He's like being nice to Tony, and he pulls him in. He's like, "How about a photo op?" And then he just whispers to him. Who do you think filed the the indictment against the you? The injunction, yeah. The injunction. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so it's so unsettling because then like Downey's face is just kind of like, oh shit, <laughs> you know? yeah. And he's just smiling the whole time, like Bridges is smiling the whole time with it. <laughs> and I do like the way. So like, a lot of times Obadiah is kind of portrayed as villainous to Tony to for a decent amount of Tony's life. Like it's not. Like, this seems more of a flip of the switch on Obadiah being villainous. Like, it almost, the way they portray it, he almost acts like a mentor to it. Mm-hmm. But because they don't cover the part where Tony comes back and take, really takes over the company from Obadiah. Like, yeah, you're that's just, supposed to get that from the magazine pictures that always show yeah. him like glowering over Tony's shoulder kind of thing. Yeah. But this movie portrays him more as a mentor, like Tony sends him gifts. <laughs> Why aren't you wearing the pajamas I got you, Obi? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's kind of an unsettling scene. It's just like shirtless Jeff Bridges. You see him from like the nipple up, laying in bed, like on the cell phone. It's just kind of like, oh, what just happened here? Like, what did Obadiah just finish doing, you know? <laughs> It's like it's like you almost like expect like off screen to be like a crying hooker, you know? Something. Yeah. <laughs> but I can see how like someone unfamiliar with the Iron Man like mythos wouldn't expect Obadiah to come, right. like the way Jeff Bridges plays it. Like if you go into this movie totally blind, Jeff Bridges totally plays it like he is Tony's mentor. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, dad died, Obadiah stepped in, like led the way and all that. Dad dying, by the way, not John Slattery as Howard Stark in this movie. I completely forgot that. Yeah. They didn't bring him into the second one. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? They're showing the pictures and the clips. I'm like, that isn't John Slattery. That's not fucking Howard Stark. What's going on here? <laughs> like, who the fuck is this imposter? <laughs> and then there's also a lot of story arcs, like, where... Tony thinks Obadiah is somehow responsible for Howard Stark dying. Like those are there are those story arcs, which that's not brought up at all in this. Yeah, I'm not I haven't 
of all the Marvel characters, I would probably say that Iron Man's probably the one I'm least familiar with in the comics, like the like the from the beginning at least. Like I know his story is originally Vietnam, you know, it's it's all like it's not, you know, the Gulf War and all that, or like Iraq and all that. But um yeah, it's I like Obadiah Stane to me, like I is he a major villain in the comic books? I don't even remember him. Like I remember the Mandarin yeah. uh, in the Ten Rings, but I don't remember Obadiah Stane at all. He is. It's usually portrayed in comic books with a younger Tony Stark. That uh, makes sense. Okay. Well, yeah. Nickelodeon came out with a show to like Iron Man Armored Adventures, where it is a it's a high school age Tony Stark, and the entire first season is him trying to get dirt on Obadiah because he thinks he killed his dad. Uh, okay. And of course, as we all find out, it was actually the Winter Soldier that did that, and. We've discussed that at length in the Captain America episode. Yes. <laughs> See the Cap episode of why uh, why I'm no fan of why he takes it out on Bucky. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, this movie is, it's pretty wild, you know, like going back and watching it, because obviously that was, you know, 2008. So mm-hmm. it was, you know, 13 years ago. And there's so much in this that like wouldn't fly. It's not technically a Marvel Studios movie outright, because it's also a Paramount movie, I think. Yeah. And there's so much in this that's, like, not in the MCU anymore. Like, people can't have sex in the MCU anymore. And Tony's got, like, he's banging right off the bat. He's, you know, telling us that he did 12. He went 12 for 12 with the Maxim cover models. That's a dated <laughs> joke right there. You know? It's like, hey, well, remember Maxim magazine? <laughs> so, he met, he had a conflict. Or he had a right. scheduling issue with March. Yeah, and December March. had twins. Right. Which, when you think about it, it's kind of like, <laughs> they're sisters dude <laughs> it might be great for you but not for them <laughs> but um but like then there, then leslie bibb shows up as the reporter and he gives her the talk like do you ever lose sleep at night i'm prepared to lose a couple hours of you smash cut to them hard making out of the bed falling off you hear that classic robert denny jr laugh and then it cuts to her barely covered up by the sheet and like laid out like her naked leg is like sticking out it's like wow there's almost some side boob i was like holy shit this is the mcu oh right this is the first movie of that it's not technically the should be made for literally the entire world mcu you know it's this is john favreau making like a movie about kind of a scumbag you know and now john favreau has he, he deserves all he directed the movie picked robert downey jr and launched the biggest movie franchise ever yeah him and kevin feige man but uh yeah and favreau is happy of course you know <laughs> his uh iron man's loyal manservant <laughs> but um it was oh, also happy weird, like, in this movie <laughs> yeah it was weird only hearing um Jarvis too, Paul Bettany. Yeah. Like you're used to seeing. I mean, I'm watching WandaVision right now. I'm used to seeing Vision, you know, <laughs> like Paul Bettany in the uh, quote unquote flesh, you know. <laughs> and this was before they had the Audi deal where he was driving an Audi in every movie. <laughs> yeah, this one it's like a Rolls and um I think I think it's a Mercedes. I don't know, or like a Lambo or something like that. But it's this movie came in with a hundred forty million budget, grossed just under 600 million worldwide led by a guy who hasn't and really hadn't had a major hollywood career for some time he started to have his comeback um i know kiss kiss bang bang was before this 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we discussed that in our Christmas. Uh, Zodiac was before this, I think. Tropic Thunder is year of. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I Tony, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark might be the most iconic superhero casting. Well, I mean, yeah, definitely, obviously, for Marvel. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's really great. And it's it's funny going back and seeing like the original after obviously seeing how many movies with him as Iron Man now. And it's like you go back and you look, it's like, wow, he really did like evolve the character, you know, and not it wasn't just about like, OK, he's a good guy now. And he just makes new suits the mm-hmm. whole time. Like he, he really does evolve the character from movie to movie. And it happens to coincide with a new suit as well. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame, spoiler alert, Jeff Bridges dies, because I would have loved to sort of see, I kind of would have liked to see Obadiah in future, like, with Spider-Man Homecoming, you get uh, Michael Keaton goes to prison, and they sort of tease the Sinister Six where Michael Keaton wasn't going to be a part of it. Uh, right. if you got something like that with Jeff Bridges where he's in prison or something yeah that would have been that, like if he's in that same prison with um, mm-hmm. with uh, Vulture and because um, he's in New York he's imprisoned in New York so yeah it did very well but this takes place in Malibu so I mean you'd have to ship him yeah. across, the stuff, across the country but um, yeah it's I mean the Marvel Universe does have, like, the raft, I think, is their big prison, but that's more of, like, a superhero prison, I think. I mean, yeah. you can find a way to send them all to wherever they send them in a Civil War. You know, send them there. I think that's the raft. But, um, yeah, it's 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 wild because, you know, Bridges in this, you're so used to seeing him as, like, the affable good guy, like the, like the, like the good-looking hero type. It's, everybody knows him as Lebowski, but we'll he's get like, into he's just a slack a slacking jerk off loser you know but then there's that period later period of jeff bridges career where he's just like the gruff dude yeah you know, gruff just, guy who has an alcohol problem exactly like <laughs> that's it but like this is that one different role that he is you know he's not gruff he's not an alcoholic but he's also not a hero you know he's a villain an intimidating businessman villain and it's He's incredible at it. And it just yeah. shows how versatile that dude can be. Yeah, I would have loved to see more villainous Jeff Bridges because he does it so well. Yeah, I mean, I went back and looked. I was shocked he actually wasn't a bad guy. Because I'm like, I'm thinking like Arlington Road. I was like, why am I thinking he's the bad guy in that? But no, it's Tim Robbins. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, he's like, because Mike and I were talking beforehand, like the other things we watched of him in this and like, I went back and watched the 1976 King Kong, which is him just young, good-looking Jeff Bridges, you know, being a young, good-looking dude. And then there's Tron, which is young, good-looking dude Jeff Bridges, you know. Then, of course, there's Tron Legacy, which is older Jeff Bridges, not quite gruff, but kind of like Lebowski if he were an enlightened man. Mm-hmm. And also the horrifying CGI uh, age down equivalent of Jeff Bridges. Yeah, <laughs> I was not a fan of Tron Legacy and I wasn't about to rewatch it. Right, well, he's he is technically a villain in that, I guess, but... Not on the same, like... Yeah, it's, it's not the same, you know? Yeah. Especially now, with that, like, you know, de-aging, horrible de-aging technology. Yeah. You're like watching a video game. <laughs> yeah. Now, most of the movies I watched with Jeff Bridges came... Like, I watched Tron, but outside of Tron, the earliest movie I watched 
was the Fisher King. Okay. Which is looking for ninety one, which is him and Robin Williams. Yes. Where Jeff Bridges is a talk like radio talk show host and a very popular one at that. And I guess a call happens and he kind of holds himself responsible because a guy goes in and goes on a shooting spree and then kills himself. And they reported that it happened after he called into Jeff Bridges' show. And Jeff Bridges holds himself responsible. And on like a drunken stupor, he's getting uh, beat up by like some young thugs. And Robin Williams, who leads an army of homeless an army of homeless people who are wielding like ho- the homeless versions of like swords and shields and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Robin Williams's wife died in the shooting that Jeff Bridges holds himself responsible for and Robin Williams lost his mind and sort of re- uh, went into this fantasy world where he's basically homeless and Jeff Bridges is now trying to do whatever he can to help out Robin Williams. So it's kind of like, so what you're saying, Mike, is that John Wick took Lawrence Fishburne and made their own Fisher King? Is that what you're saying? You're saying Lawrence Fishburne is just a remake of the Fisher King? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so good if like in like John Wick 4, they just make a sly reference to it. It's like, yeah, well, when my wife died in that shooting, I had to do this. Like, oh! <gasps> Oh my God! <laughs> Fisher King is in John Wick's universe. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I—I I mean, I really like the Fisher King, and it's directed by a director that showed up on my top five. Terry Gilliam directed uh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And like, you can see the camera work in it is very, like, it almost is reminds me of like Escape from New York. It's kind of a moving camera shot from a lot of low angles. It gives the movie sort of like a rough kind of dirty feel to it like street level like yeah yeah i could see that yeah yeah it's it's and that's that's the thing with bridges like with all of his movies i can think i don't uh, most of them i'm looking at i can only think of two where i actually know the director of them you know it's like john favreau iron man and of course the coen brothers with lebowski but i i couldn't tell you Every other movie with him, I think of him as opposed to really who else who he's out, who else he's in the movie with, except for Lebowski, which we'll get into because that's a team effort right there. Yeah, and I, Lebowski is the ultimate team effort. Yeah. Oh god, that movie's so fucking good. But yeah, it's it's always bridges. Like, and it's it's weird because I'm I'm not going into a movie because of Jeff Bridges. But I'm absolutely sticking around because of Jeff Bridges. You know? I feel like Jeff Br- that's like Jeff the thing with Jeff Bridges is he's no one's favorite actor besides maybe mine, but <laughs> but people go there not expecting a ton from him and he always shows up except for the movie he won an Oscar for. Yeah, that, oh, fucking hell, that movie. We might as well get into it. That fucking movie. I, if I went back to H, well, what I did for mine was I paused it when I felt my breaking point happen. And that was about 27 minutes in. It's shortly after he meets Maggie Gyllenhaal the first time. And I was like, 
oh my god there's so much more of this movie to do so i went to wikipedia i read the entire plot synopsis and i fast forwarded to stuff that might look interesting and when i got to it i hit play two seconds later i'm fast forwarding again i'm like nope not interesting gotta keep going that <laughs> i see movie, colin I... farrell i'm like fuck no i'm not doing this an irishman playing an american country singer fuck you that's <laughs> i'm watching this movie this morning and i kind of hung over and <laughs> i'm just like 30 minutes in i'm like it's only been 30 minutes how long is this thing like <laughs> can't just can't fucking do it i mean I, I am no fan of country music. My own personal hell is a world of nothing but country music. And I, I hated it. I hated, I hated Hall's character. She's not my favorite actress to begin with. And she's a nothing character. Colin Farrell's a nothing character. It's Bridges Colin Farrell is one of those guys that I either love or I'm just like, why is he in this at all? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and that's exactly what he is in this. It's like, why is he here? Like, why do we have this character? And like, Gentleman Colin Farrell? Awesome. Loved him. <laughs> yeah, like, um, what's that other movie? He's in Horrible Bosses too. I think. He's really good in that because he's a real scumbag. <laughs> uh, in Bruges. In Bruges is great. That is a good one. He is very good in that, yeah. And, um, but like, but Bridges, all Bridges' character arc is, it's that typical Oscar bait character arc. And it's drunk, washed out musician, finds love, learns to be sober again, fucks up a little along the way, loses his love, but then learns how to be sober and a better person at the end. And it's yeah. like, I, can, I can't even think of how many other movies have done You're that. You're a Star is Born comparison. It's just, it's a Star is Born with a happy ending. Right. And yeah, less interesting things. Yeah, he just doesn't piss himself at the Grammys, which he should have because it would have at least made it watchable. But, like, yeah, I think the worst thing he does is, like, lose a kid briefly at the mall because he gets a drink at a bar or some shit. Like, the kid doesn't go missing and die. He doesn't get kidnapped or anything. He just barely kind of loses, like, loses his eye of him. But, yeah, that movie sucks. Awful. And Dirk Bridges is one of my favorite actors, and I hated it. Yeah, it's so bad. But um, then there's, I'm just, I'm looking at the rest of his movies. Like, Kara mentioned I should watch White Squall. I just didn't have the time. Um, True Grit is awesome. True, yeah, that remake of John Wayne, right? That That's one of the few remakes that I think is definitely better than the original. Yeah, I, I, I've seen part of the original, and I have not seen. It was on my list to watch again. I didn't get to it, but... um. It's on my list of things to watch. Hey, that's typical gruff Jeff Bridges, but like he has a nice heart, but he's gruff. And but yeah. one of the best lines is he's drunkenly testifying in a court about like he's in a situation where he killed some outlaws and they're like, Did you have to kill them? They're like, All right, so you were backing away. Well, what direction we're going? He's like, Well, generally, when I'm backing up, I'm going backwards. <laughs> nice. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, like, I'm looking at some of the other shit. Like, after Iron Man. So, if, if Crazy Heart was right after Iron Man in 2009. Mm. And then I'm looking at... Tron Legacy. Who, yeah, The Man Who Stare at Goats, Tron Legacy, True Grit, uh, R.I.P.D., oof, uh, The Giver, Seventh Son, Hell or High Water, which is great, uh, Kingsman, The Golden Circle, where he play, plays gruff American Jeff Bridges, and then, of course, Bad Times at the El Royale, which looked very interesting, but turned out to be not very good at all. <laughs> and 
that's got like Hemsworth, a good Hemsworth performance because he's kind of like a Jim Morrison cult leader kind of thing. And um, but again, Bridges is just like gruff Bridges in that, and you can tell he's just collecting a paycheck. Yeah, that's what. Like, I want to return to Stone Bridges. <laughs> yeah, right. But like, yeah, and then it's like young Jeff Bridges did some pretty interesting shit. You know, it's like King Kong. He did the King Kong remake, which when you really when you watch that movie obviously the man in the monkey suit stuff is not great but there's so much it's kind of like weirdly drawn out and jessica lang it's her debut movie feature film debut she's really going for it in that movie she is going for it and bridges the whole time is just kind of like not quite lebowski but he's not quite you know really giving it his all he's just kind of there being casual and he's just kind of (laughs) cool Now, there are a couple movies in the mid-2000s that I absolutely love, that I've loved since I was a kid, and one of them is Stick It in 2006, where Jeff Bridges plays a gymnastics coach. Interesting. (laughs) Very interesting. Um, Wait a minute, is that Kristen Stewart? No. I'm looking at the, the poster. Oh, Missy Peregrine, I don't know who that is. Though know. someone from Twilight is in it. Kellen Lutz? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's when we did our poor man's Hemsworth and our Sam Worthington versus, um, I can't even remember who else the other person was, but like Kellen Lutz should have been in that argument because he's the one you get if you don't want the person to have lines. You yeah. know? <laughs> it's like yeah. Sam Worthington and, uh, oh, fuck, I don't even remember. Someone else. Oh, Jai Courtney is what it was. Yeah, Jai Courtney. Someone Jai Courtney. Yeah, if you don't want that character to have lines, you give him Kellen Lutz. <laughs> It'll but be yeah, like stick, a couple million less. <laughs> stick it with, like, that came out when I was nine, and that's a movie that I have some nostalgia with. And then Surf's Up, I fucking love Surf's Up. <laughs> plays Zeke. <laughs> He's an Zeke. old surfing guru. Kind of, like, I imagine... Like he's Lebowski if Lebowski had a talent beforehand and got watched up from it. <laughs> <laughs> well, then there's I remember the movie How to Lose Friends and Alienate People because Simon Pegg's in it, but I don't remember actually what Bridges does in that. I'm guessing he's a bad guy of some sort because the only other person I'm seeing is Danny Houston, and he's the only other option for a real villain in that, I'm betting. But because I don't think they're gonna let Gillian Anderson be it, but um, yeah, he's then there's yeah the men who stare at goats. I remember watching that and thinking, what the fuck is this about? That's the fir- the on- the first and only time I watched that, I was shortly after it came out, so I was like seventh or eighth grade, and I had no idea what was going on. And I I really it's one of those movies I kind of have to go back and rewatch just because there's so much of that cast that I really love, and I'm just like. That I need to re like I need to see this again because I want this movie to be good. <laughs> yeah, it's like I think it's allegedly supposed to be based off you know like CIA like mind control experiments. Where, yeah, like, they were trying to get people like telepathic powers or some shit. But I don't know if it's supposed to be like a satirical take on that or if they're supposed to be telling a sort of silly version of that actual story. You know, but like I mean, obviously Kevin Spacey is. Eh at this point but i love you and mcgregor george clooney jeff bridges and stephen long <laughs> stephen yeah long. well there's also um speaking of spacey there's also uh k-packs that bridges is in and 
the less said about that movie, the better. But um, the one the one part I remember at the men who stare at goat that can can consistently make me laugh is they stop at like a crawl like at a fork in the road and George Clooney's like we're taught to make decisions on the spot and they're like we've been sitting here for thirty minutes like all right that way and then they immediately hit the landmine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen it, but um. Yeah, then there's, of course, then there's Hell or High Water, which both Mike and I watched. And yeah, that's basically No Country for Old Men in Texas. Um, but it's it's actually, it's pretty good, you know? It's, it's really Bridges. good. Yeah, it's Gruff Bridges, but it's, he's good. It's He's really good. And he's kind of a racist asshole to his partner, but it's the, is that the gag? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Well, I would say the best True Grit and Heller Highwater, that's where you get your best gruff bridges. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, he kind of plays, you know, in Tron Legacy, he plays two roles. He plays the villainous young him and then, or Clue, he plays the program version. And then he plays um, him like, you know, Flynn himself, Kevin Flynn himself. But um, older Flynn is basically just like, it seems to me just kind of like what Jeff Bridges would be if he were like a god in a computer program. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of like, that's just kind of him. So he's not really doing too much with that role. But um, yeah, that movie's more about his his son, Garrett Hedlund, who I'm told is in things, but I don't remember him actually being in things anymore. <laughs> but um, Allegedly, he has a career, but I'm just not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure it exists. He's done something somewhere. I'm sure. I'm sure his mom's proud. But um, all right. So that's probably enough for the first half, I guess. That's what, uh, I mean, Iron Man is definitely something that doesn't exactly fit in with the rest of his roles. But God damn it, it's one of his best performances. Yeah, it really is. And like we said, like numerous times, it's like it highlights just how good of a range he has. You know that he, you can give him something like Obadiah Stane and have him nail it. You know, and be really memorable. It's a shame he doesn't seem to try harder lately. <laughs> well, I think he's at that stage. You know, he's at that old older actor stage where he's like he's done it all. He's the most. He's one of the famous, most famous actors out there. You know, and he's from a comedy. He's from a Hollywood family. You know. His very yeah. father, Lloyd Bridges, is one of the best comedic actors ever. <laughs> but yeah, so he's, I think, I think he's well earned his ah eh, fuck it career. Yeah, know? yeah, he's earned his ah eh, fuck it point in his career. But I, I would just, I love Jeff Bridges, and I would love, like, I wish he did have a continued role, like almost like just like a side character shows up occasionally role in the MCU. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been uh, it would be fun just to have him or like, or have him and like Justin Hammer kind of like hanging yeah. out in prison somewhere. That's what I love Justin Hammer in Iron Man too. Yeah, I mean it would have made sense. You know they could have thrown them all together, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So, all right, how's your beer? Doing good. I'm about halfway through my first one. Uh, right. yeah, it's a it's really refreshing, and I like it more than I. Honestly, like going into an 8.7% IPA, I'm always like, ooh, this is a coin flip, but it came out good. Yeah. Yeah, so is mine. Mine's really good too. Um, like I said, it's White Monkey by Victory. Um, Gold Monkey Asian Wine Barrels uh, for about three months, it says, apparently. 
and um yes it's uh really good it's a belgian style triple it's quite delicious so uh yeah with my first three breweries of month i'm like death of the fox red red tank and icarus are all setting a high mark i gotta gotta make sure for the last one i pick a good brewery (laughs) right yeah yeah it's gonna be tough but uh so on to the movie that if you haven't seen your you've wasted your life and you shouldn't be listening to a movie podcast you should be watching that movie and if you've ever been to college you've probably seen it trillions of times um it's 1998's big lebowski and it is one of the best movies ever made <laughs> it's a goddamn masterpiece is what it is it's so fucking good so good and <laughs> we course- did our did our yep. top five comedies and this absolutely would have been in mine had i oh, yeah. not had i we not been planning on covering it the following two weeks <laughs> yeah yeah i would have put it up there too but um yeah it's up there as one of my favorites my favorite movies just in general but um yeah it's obviously bridges plays jeffrey lebowski aka the dude el Duterino. um then there's just the dude the just that I'm, I'm the dude you know then there's the other jeffrey lebowski who is played by previously mentioned david huddleston from uh blazing saddles he is uh he's the actual i guess the real quote-unquote jeffrey lebowski one married to bunny <laughs> your wife you're married to bunny your wife owes money to jackie treehorn which means you owe money to jackie treehorn <laughs> but um but yeah so it's bridges goodman Buscemi, Totoro, Tara Reed, <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, Julianne Moore, um, the guy that plays Liam. <laughs> um, you know, it's there's yeah. so many people. You also have uh, the guy who plays Lucifer in uh, in Supernatural. Is like this is one of his first roles. He just plays one of the thugs, <laughs> which which oh wait wait which one uh he is blonde treehorn thug is what he's listed oh the jackie treehorn ones oh yeah because there's Um, there's the two thugs at the beginning that beat up lebowski beat up the dude the one that pees on his rug uh aka the chinaman as dude calls him that's not the preferred nomenclature as walt corrects him but um then there's the the blonde guy was actually in dexter he was Rita's abusive ex-husband in that. He's been in all kinds of stuff since. But um, then there are the Nihilists, which are Peter Stormare and um, Flea, and an actor who looks like Carl from Die Hard, but is not Carl from Die Hard. <laughs> and then the woman, whoever the woman is that they cut off. His girlfriend lost her toe. <laughs> but, uh, I, and then you also have uh, you also have John Turturro as... Yep. As Jesus Quintana, the Jesus. Eight-year-olds, dude. Eight-year-olds. No, he's a he's a sex offender with a record. <laughs> so good. That's look, if I could say if one complaint about this movie is I wish Steve Buscemi had more to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like I don't know. It's kind of like the point of his character, though, because yeah. you know the story with Steve Buscemi in this movie. No, he was because he obviously did Fargo with the Coen Brothers, and then he was given the script for this, and like we want you to play Donnie, and so he read the script, and he's like, I don't fucking get it. He's like, Why would I play this character who just gets shit on this entire movie? 
And then at the end, he sees this scene where Donnie dies and is having his heart attack. And he sees that like Walter is like broken up about it. He's really cares. And the whole, you know, the funeral thing, like he sees that like, he's really his, like they're great, like, like a little brother kind of relationship. And that's why he was like, oh, he's like, oh, I get it now. And that's why he <laughs> took it. But there is also this fan theory now, because I watched this bit of an interview with um, Bridges, Goodman, and Buscemi. They were being interviewed for like the Today Show or something like that. And Bridges tells the story that he met a fan where the fan told him, he's like, I have a theory about the Big Lebowski and Donnie. And he's like, oh, yeah, let me hear it. And he says, Donnie is a figment of Walter's imagination. He's just a war <laughs> buddy that died and is like a hallucination for uh, Walter. Because he's like, and then Bridges is like, wait a minute. And he thinks about it. He's like, you know what? I don't really ever, I don't interact with Donnie really. He's like, he's like, there's that one where he line where he says, thank you, Donnie. But that could be like read as the dude kind of like sarcastically, like making yeah. fun of Walt, you know, like, oh, I see him too, Walt, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Now this, so the thing with this movie is, <laughs> well, Hey, Jeff Bridges is definitely the more low-key of the two main characters, where John Goodman just steals every scene he's in. Which John it, Goodman's greatest role, I think. <laughs> that's a testament to, like, this is Jeff Bridges being like, okay, I am I am not the energy of this movie. I am... <laughs> I'm the main character. Everything's from my point of view, but my crazy best friend is—he's <laughs> who's driving this insanity. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I—I th- I would I would say that you know there are two characters that John Goodman's really known for, and it's Dan Connor on Roseanne and Walter Sobchak, and then everybody else just knows his voice. Like everybody else knows him as Sully, you know, from Monsters yeah. Inc. Basically, but yeah, he is or Pacha. From that's right or Emperor's new groove yeah he is he's so he's so goddamn good in this and then of course there's uh sam elliott who is the stranger telling the story of the dude and um a name that no one would self-apply in my part of the woods but uh yeah then of course there's david fucking Thulis, who i completely forgot was in this movie until i rewatched it i was like oh right knox harrington the videographer or whatever <laughs> Who just sits there and laughs. (laughs) What the fuck does this guy do? Who is this guy? (laughs) The rug really tied. It really tied the room together. They peed on your fucking rug. (laughs) Did it not? And I think one of my all-time most quoted movie lines is, do you see what happens, Larry? Do you see what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass? (laughs) This 12-year-old kid. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yelling at repeatedly <laughs> and then they start destroying the neighbor's car right. this is what happens larry this <laughs> this is what happens larry my car why you might kill your fucking car how about that but uh yeah oh fuck i'm looking up. i'm trying to find out who plays jackie treehorn but um because he's somebody <laughs> he's an actual somebody and in in, like you know he's an actual actor but um yeah it's and of course, there's just Dom Herrera, who's the random like chauffeur that tells like the random ass stories to the dude. And yeah, it's God. Everything about this movie is just phenomenal. And um, Bridges in it is so I, fucking funny. 
I, I can't think of anyone else who could play this character. I don't think so, no. You just keep, I don't think you can find anyone. And it would be disrespectful to the character to try. Right. Um, oh, Bengazara. That's who it is. He's Jackie Treehorn. He's in, he's the bad guy in Roadhouse. That's what he is. And um, yeah, it's fuck. Bridges is so goddamn good, especially when he does. And I don't know why. It just makes me laugh every time when he's laying on the ground <laughs> in, his apart, in his apartment, listening to like the bowling match, like the bowling yeah. team. It's just somebody bowling, like a ball rolling and hitting pins. And he's just kind of like, like Zen with it, like, <laughs> like vibing with it. It's so crazy. I mean, there's so many scenes where he's just like, he's in a bathtub drinking a white Russian. <laughs> Who the fuck chills and drinks white Russians? I don't know. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's, heavy, it's definitely a, like a chill drink. <laughs> like heavy cream is going to be thrown off my stomach in all sorts of ways, but heavy cream and Kahlua and vodka. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I I also love like his when uh, after he and Maud have sex, and she's like, "So tell me it's about yourself, Jeffrey." And he's like, "Yeah, well, I was uh, I was part of the C, you know, the Seattle Seven. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> um, I uh, drafted the Port Huron statement." I was um, roadie for Metallica and Speed of Sound tour, which is not a real tour for anyone who wants to know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, then just all, all of his interactions with Maud are so great. Like, oh, you mean coitus? <laughs> That's, My art it, is very strongly <laughs> vaginal. <laughs> I also love, I mean, one of the lines that I feel like is just constantly quoted is, well, that's just like your opinion, man. You said it, man. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. But, but my uh, all-time favorite quote in this movie is, Nihilus, fuck me. I mean, say what you want about the tenets of national socialism, dude. At least it's an ethos. Yup. <laughs> no, no, Donnie, these men are nihilists. They're cowards. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And then, obviously, the whole... The whole speech, the eulogy of Donnie that Walter gives is so good. And just Bridges' reaction after he gets covered in ashes. Yeah. Dead, stone face, staring at Walter, like through the sunglasses, you know? You can just see his entire face through those glasses. It's so, it's so perfect. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> You're out of your element. <laughs> what is that shit about Vietnam, Walter? <laughs> <laughs> There's no connection to Vietnam here. Well, not a literal connection, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love the whole, am I wrong? Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. <laughs> right. Am I wrong? <laughs> they peed on your fucking rug. But um, yeah, and then like he, he like, he doesn't, he doesn't do anything on Shabbos because he married a Jewish woman who's now divorced and he's yeah. divorced from him, from her and all that. Yet he still somehow like keeps up those random <laughs> traditions that he doesn't really believe in. I wouldn't watch my ex wife's fucking Pomeranian fucking boarded or something. <laughs> like, it, it's a show dog. It's hair will fall out if you board it. Like, I didn't bring it bowling. I'm not buying it. I'm not renting its shoes. I'm not buying it a fucking beer. You know? <laughs> and then it's not, it, it's a fucking like, it's a Yorkshire Terrier, isn't it? It's not a Pomeranian. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, I, I, I forget. It's a Yorkie, I'm pretty sure. But uh, no, it's a Pomeranian. Pretty sure. No, it's, it's not. 
Like the dog itself, but I think Walter says Pomeranian. No, Walter says Pomeranian, but the dog is not a Pomeranian. No, yeah, it's, it's not a Pomeranian. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that whole market zero. <laughs> over the line, dude. Next frame. <laughs> over the line. <laughs> this isn't nom, Smokey. There are rules. <laughs> That's so like. Jeff Bridges doesn't get understated in this movie, but just Walter definitely has more quotable lines. Every time Walter and then the dude are in the same scene, it's all Walter. You know, he's the dude is definitely the straight man and all that. But what I absolutely love is when Lebowski's put in, when the dude's put in like situations where he has to kind of explain why he's fucked up. And he's just kind of like, yeah, there's. There's a lot of ins and outs, a lot of, lot of what have you, a lot of new information's come to light, you know? It's just like, he's just completely bullshitting. <laughs> I, I, I should have had Ray on. We should have tried to get Ray back on for this episode. He loves this movie. And freshman year, Ray, like any conversation with Ray reminded you of the dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fucking interesting, man. That's fucking interesting, you know? <laughs> I can get you a toe. I can get you a toe. <laughs> With nail polish. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I didn't watch my buddies die face down in the muck. <laughs> Walter, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like I, so I feel like the dude interacting with Walter, he's just like, he's definitely got, he definitely smoked some pot, but he's hanging out with his dude, with his friend who did acid, and he's got to make sure he doesn't get too fucked up. <laughs> yeah, essentially. But uh, I think one of the best parts about this movie is that if you go back and watch it, the dude never actually bowls. Yeah. He's bowling all the time, and the, he's in a bowling alley all the time, but he never actually bowls. The only time he ever really does anything with a bowling ball is during that, like, gutter ball's dream sequence. Yeah. And he's just holding Julianne Moore's hand as she throws the ball. <laughs> like, it's the closest he gets to actually bowling. But, uh, yeah, and I just love the whole the Jackie Treehorn thing where he's like trying to be like swab, but then Jackie Treehorn takes the phone call, pretends to write something down. And all he does is just draw that dude with the heart, with the erection. Yeah. <laughs> then the chief of the Malibu chief of police, that scene is one of my favorite scenes ever. <laughs> just cause like Lebowski has to play like drugged and like, yeah, like Bridges has to play drugged and he's just kind of like, he's like, I want a lawyer, man. Uh, he said something. Then he goes, or Ron, Kubi. <laughs> just the way he says Kubi always makes me laugh every time. <laughs> uh, one of the best interactions is where he says, that's just like your opinion, man. And the dude goes, Jesus. And Jesus is like, you said it, man. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. And he walks away. And Walter goes, eight-year-olds, dude. <laughs> eight-year-olds, dude. Yeah, I love that whole story. <laughs> when they show, when they flash back to uh the Jesus like going door to door <laughs> to like tell me he's a sex offender. <laughs> he did six months in Chino <laughs> for exposing himself to an eight year old. Yeah, he's a better ass with a record. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Another line that I feel like gets missed occasionally is like, "What the fuck is this?" He's holding the bowling ball. He's like, "Obviously, <laughs> you're not a golfer." <laughs> Obviously, you're not a golfer. Yeah, such a legendary <laughs> line. And then uh, I think the line I caught this time watching it was when he goes to uh, the real Lebowski, to Jeff Lebowski, and he's looking at all the pictures on the wall, and he sees all of the Lebowski, the little Lebowski, like uh, Golden Achievers or whatever it is, and he's like, 
and um, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's a brand says, yes, and these are all this. Those are his children. And the dude responds with different mothers, huh? Racially, he's pretty cool. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's a great line. This <laughs> movie's just chock full of great lines. It's endlessly quotable. Oh, absolutely. And of course, then there's, you know, it, it wouldn't be right to not mention the fact that this is Tara Reed's original face and body. <laughs> this is version 1.0 Tara Reed, <laughs> not whatever's walking around nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, suck a cock for a thousand dollars. Brand can't watch though, or else it's pay a hundred. <laughs> I'm just going to go find a cash machine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then of course, he played like Bridges himself plays such a great like dude that's just over his head and like barely treading water to try to stay afloat and like keep up with the crazy shit that's going on around him. And it's it's kind of crazy because he of all of his roles, this seems to be the one that you could almost see Jeff Bridges being the most like. Like he's almost an observer through this movie. It's everything is just happening to him and he has no control over anything. Like, and when you think he's going to have control, Walter shows up and fucks everything up. <laughs> right. With his dirties, uh, dirty undies and everything. <laughs> Give me the fucking ringer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> fucking amateurs. <laughs> is this your homework? <laughs> is this I do. How many times he has to say that like 10 times. <laughs> he says it so much. There's so many lines that Goodman has to deliver like multiple times and every single time it just gets better and better, you know? I don't know how that, that kid stayed stonewall the whole time. I don't know how he wasn't cracking up. It had to have been like, I was thinking the same thing. It had to have been like one shot that they just kept recycling <laughs> because there's no way they got more if they're doing the takes at the same time. <laughs> Is this your homework? Is this your homework? Right. Is this your homework? Right. <laughs> And there's, then there's the, uh, when the car gets stolen the first time and he goes to the police and he's like, so you guys got any promising leads? He's like, oh yeah. The cop's like, yeah, we working around the, around the clock. They got us working in ships. And he's just <laughs> laughing the whole time. Like, there's no fucking way we're finding your car. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Dude. <laughs> but yeah, it's, this movie is just, it's so, it's just legendary. And like, like said, the whole cast is amazing, but Bridges himself is one of the best. Like, he should yeah. have won an Oscar for this role. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I do mind. The dude minds. <laughs> right. Man, of I will not stand for, you know, this aggression will not stand. Right. And the reason he even remembers that is because he saw a random news broadcast while he's paying 69 cents for a, for a gallon of milk with a check. <laughs> and this entire movie happens because someone peed on his rug. <laughs> they peed on your fucking rug, dude. They peed on your fucking rug. Donnie, please. <laughs> they peed on your rug, dude? Donnie. But, um, yeah, it's so good so good i mean not really sure how much else we can say about it other than the fact that it's fucking phenomenal and you should actually oh, yeah. be watching it a lot <laughs> yeah no this is probably one of the movies i rewatch the most in fact iron man and this are probably in the top 10 movies i rewatch the most oh yeah but um and the weird thing is like there's a legitimate religion that is based around the big Dudism. Life. yeah but 
if you watch Tron, that's like a legitimate religious allegory. <laughs> it is. It's a legitimate religious allegory. They even call them religious fanatics, you know, in that. <laughs> but I don't hear anybody talking about being a Tronite or whatever. <laughs> Wait, so this movie, 15 million estimated budget, grossed about 47 million worldwide. And that's, then developed that's a huge cult following. <laughs> that's insane. Like, because when you think about like the profits that both like the box office success that both the movies that we're really talking about tonight had, Iron Man and Lebowski, Iron Man, you said it was what, 600 something? Yeah. That's almost an abject failure by modern MCU um, like box office takes. Yeah. That's like, that's like Captain Marvel or Ant-Man money, I think. That is, that's not big at all. <laughs> And uh, Lebowski, obviously, what, 57, you said? Uh, 47. 47. Yeah, that's even worse. <laughs> but that's right around the wheelhouse for, like, Coen Brothers Oscar movies, you know? Yeah. I think Lebowski was nominated at least for Best Picture. And they were probably direct, uh, nominated for Bay for um, Best Director. But, I, have um, looked, I just looked up Dudeism. <laughs> oh, Nice. So, Dudism is a, I'm quoting the Wikipedia, Dudism is a religion, philosophy, or lifestyle inspired by the dude, the protagonist of Coen Brothers' 98 film, Lebe Lebowski. Dudism started, or stated primary objective is to promote a modern form of Chinese Taoism outlined in Tao Te Ching by Lao Tzu, blended with concepts from the ancient Greek philosopher Epicurus. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't. Even, I don't even know how to feel about that because it just goes to prove that you can literally make anything a religion, and um, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> but that's the United States for you. <laughs> it was founded in two thousand five by Oliver Benjamin. Yeah, so it took him seven years to do it. By the way, <laughs> at least he thought it through. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's. I'm trying to look up if the Lebowski was nominated. Um, but I mean, I'm sure. I feel like it definitely was. But um, let me. See. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Five no. wins, eighteen nominations. Nope. Nothing. Nothing for the Oscars. Absolutely nothing. Which is uh, weird because the Coen Brothers are usually guaranteed to at least get something. Like, I think that fucking movie Hail Caesar was nominated. It's a piece of shit. So this would have been the 99 Oscars, right? I'm curious what movies. Well, 99, I think, well, that was the year that American Beauty came out. And I think that one, maybe the one, the 2000s Oscars, whatever ones were held in 2000. Yeah, but so the, this came out in 98. So the 99 Oscars would have been the class that it was in. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Let me see. Winners and nominees. So, fucking Shakespeare in Love. That's the Shakespeare in Love year. Okay, yeah, that's that's the best picture one. Yeah, that's Gwyneth Paltrow for you. She's, uh... Oh, speaking of... We didn't mention Gwyneth Paltrow in the first Iron Man. She looks like she smells. <laughs> she looks like fucking goop. <laughs> like her stupid, like, lifestyle blog. She just looks like... Granted, I, I'm not a Gwyneth Paltrow fan, but she's better than Kristen Dunst. <laughs> oh, abs- yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, there, yeah no, this, this year, Shakespeare in Love won the fucking best picture. 
when Life is Beautiful, Saving Private Ryan, and The Big Lebowski all came out. Yeah. Like, if Saving Private Ryan beat out The Big Lebowski for Best Picture, I understand that. I get it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, like, Spielberg won Best Director for Saving Private Ryan. Again, I get it if the Coen brothers didn't win. I just think they should have been nominated. Absolutely. Yeah. There's And especially, like, if if you're not going to give the dude Bridges his nomination for his performance, you got to give it to Walter, though. you got to give it yeah. to Goodman. Because he is, you're not looking at a guy from Chicago in this movie. You're looking at a fucking unhinged Southern California Vietnam veteran. <laughs> and then, like, your best actor, you have Roberto Benigni, or, yeah, Benigni from uh, Life is Beautiful. Okay. Uh, you have Tom Hanks from Saving Private Ryan. Fine. Uh, Ian McKellen from Gods and Monsters. Yeah, I love Ian McKellen. Sure. Uh, Nick Nolte from Affliction. I've never watched Affliction. Uh, and then Edward Norton from American History X. Right. Jeff Bridges probably could have taken Nick Nolte's place. Yeah. Who? So who of that group who won that? Was that McCullough uh, Roberto Benini won for that was Benini. That's right. Because yeah. isn't that when he like jumped around the chairs and shit like that? Yeah. That and then Best Supporting Actor, James Coburn won for Affliction. And then you had Robert Duvall for Civil Action, Ed Harris for The Truman Show. Uh, Jeffrey Rush for Shakespeare in Love, <laughs> and Billy Bob Thornton for A Simple Plan. Come yeah, on, Walter could have definitely, definitely won that easily. But I think that's uh, that's another one. Like Shakespeare in Love is the big one from that era where it's like, what the fuck were they doing? Yeah. And it's like, but Coburn, I think, was like a legacy award, kind of yeah. like we're gonna give this to you because we don't know how much more you got, <laughs> kind of situation. And I've never seen Affliction, so I could be sort of ragging on it for no good reason. I mean, I've seen a lot of articles and, like, critics talking and movie podcasts and whatever talking about the greatest Oscar winners of all time. Affliction never comes up. Like, nominees and all that, it never comes up. So it's not like it's an underrated movie that people just aren't talking about. Like, I think it's one of those movies where, like, it's probably Oscar bait. It's probably got some performances by people that the Academy wanted to recognize at some point, but just never got to. Budget for of six million, box office of six point three million. That's an absolute Oscar bait movie. Then that's all that is. That that tells me that that's like the one every year that they nominate, but not a single person outside of the actual movie itself has ever heard of. Yeah, it's seven point oh on IMDb, seventy nine on Metacritic. That's like when, um, what's her name? Um, not Meryl Streep. Uh, the other one. Fuck. She's in Fatal Attraction. The, um, I can't think of her goddamn name. But um, she's in Guardians of the Galaxy. Fuck me. But um, oh, uh, Glenn Close. Glenn Close. Thank you. That's it. But um, it's like when she was nominated as like Albert Nobbs. You know, it's like, yeah. no one saw that fucking movie. What are you doing? <laughs> stop it. Just because she dresses like a man. I, no, stop it. <laughs> But so, I mean, that's enough about that. We should probably move on to our final segment. The I hardest top five so far. Yeah. And I'm done with my beer, which is great. Victory, White Monkey. Awesome. Yeah. I finished one of mine. It's really good. Um, I highly recommend Icarus Brewing. Absolutely. So that said, like we've done before, we are going to do this time, we're going to do our top favorite actors of, uh, 
I don't know, not necessarily maybe all time, but it's definitely five that we really like. Yeah, because, <laughs> like, I'm trying to exclude, like, people that we've talked about significantly. Right. And uh, I don't It's It's definitely not, probably not my five favorite all time. But it's just, it is five actors that I really like. <laughs> yeah, and it's there. There, there's one on my list that we're going to talk about next week, and we have hinted at who it's going to be. But we're talking about him next week, and he's on my list absolutely. And we've talked about him before, and we're going to continue to talk about him probably. Ross is right. a super fan. <laughs> That's right. And then there's of course Nicholas Cage, who is on my extended list, but we're going to be dedicating a full month to him coming up. So. <laughs> That's right. Um, I didn't include John Goodman or Robert Downey Jr. Cause we were discussing them both this week along with Jeff Bridges. Right. And, uh, but yeah, then of course there's Keanu, which yeah. you know, we, we obviously we've talked about him ad nauseum at this point. Michael but, uh, Keaton is another one that I chose to omit. Uh, yeah. I, there, there's a ton that are just like, just no, there are a lot of actors and if you think someone like jack nicholson like if you think someone should be in our top five there's a reason that we just like we're like oh there's a lot of actors this isn't really our top five it's just like five actors that we want to give recognition to this month <laughs> yeah and it's it's kind of like you know the best of who we haven't talked about essentially yeah and uh so that said why don't we get into it so mike who's your number five my number five is michael b jordan oh there you go um i i loved him in black panther i loved him in creed uh just about i loved him in uh chronicle which is the first movie i've saw him in uh anything he did with ryan coogler has been really good yeah so speaking of ryan coogler and michael b jordan you got to see have you watched the new season of big mouth no there's an episode because uh, Missy, you know, she's obviously uh, a black character in the show and her whole identity crisis that she has been in the most recent season is trying to be more black, basically. Yeah. And so she talks to her, I think it's her cousins in New York, and they have this whole code switching episode where mm-hmm. she learns from Devon how to code switch and they have this whole fantasy sequence that's taking place in like the Black Panther fight, you know? <laughs> But then they also bring up uh, Ryan Coogler, you know, if he talks the same on uh, The View as he does in a Disney boardroom kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, it's funny. It's really funny. I highly recommend it. <laughs> well, that said, my number five, I also picked, uh, I also picked one of my favorite black actors of the moment, which is Idris Elba. I love Idris Elba. Love that dude. He's he's just so cool. You know, it's like this dude's fucking great. He's a great actor, but he's also like you just want to hang out with him because he's also like a DJ. So you know he parties and shit. So that would be fun to do. That'd be fun to hang out with. <laughs> See, like just hang out with that guy. He's just, he's... I would love to go to him like DJing a rave. That would be sick. Yeah. Just imagine you're in a rave just partying and then you just hear that legendary voice come over. The- right. I'm Black Superman. It's my favorite song of my new album. Yeah, just, he's, he's so damn cool. He's just he's just really awesome. And obviously, again, he's one of those dudes where it's like if he pops up in a movie, I'm like, all right, I'm paying attention. I'm, I'm watching. You got me at least for a little bit. So, Mike, who's your number four? My number four is John Bernthal. 
Oh, uh, yeah, you have mentioned him before. The, the I am here. a very big John Bernthal fan. He's, he's a Punisher is probably his best, uh, which is a TV role, not a movie, but whatever. It's definitely his most well-known, I'd say. Yeah, and, well, either Punisher or Walking Dead are probably what he's most well-known. Oh, he's on The Walking Dead? He was in the first two seasons. He played Shane. Definitely didn't remember that. I watched that first season, and I absolutely did not remember that. Um, I loved him in Fury. I loved him in Baby Driver. He plays a really minor role in Wolf of Wall Street. I forgot Uh, he was a Baby Driver. (laughs) Yeah, he plays a minor role in Wolf of Wall Street, but he's still great. Uh, (laughs) Um. The Accountant, not as good of a movie as the ones I've listed, but he's still really good in it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And Ford versus Ferrari as well. He's good. In oh, it. yeah, that's right. He plays one of, like, the uh, the executives, right, for Ford? Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. yeah well, you want to talk about a dad movie right there. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's, he is really good in it. Yeah, Bernthal's good. I like that. But, um. Yeah, so my number four. Now, I'm not going to – all right, I'm going to preface this with saying I had somebody I was just thinking of as number four, but I've mentioned her a trillion times. So if you don't know who I'm about to say, you obviously have not been paying attention to this podcast. But number four for me was Samara Weaving, who I love. But I'm going to – since I mentioned her a trillion times, I'm going with the uh, one of the other women on my list, which is Ana de Armas. Oh, she is really good. She's from Knives Out, where you've probably seen her recently. She's um, Joy in Blade Runner 2049. She's in that terrible Keanu Reeves movie, Knock Knock. <laughs> um, she's uh, she's also, you know, if, if anybody pays attention, more attention to um, tabloids and whatnot, re- celebrity relationships. She's uh, Ben Affleck's recent ex, you know, but um, she's How much older is Ben Affleck than her? A lot. <laughs> Just a lot, I think. <laughs> I almost picked an actor from Knives Out, but I still haven't forgiven him for one role. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. I almost picked Lakeith Stanfield, but... I completely forgot about that, dude. I fucking love him. He is awesome. I almost picked him because every movie I've seen him in since this role has been amazing, but I haven't forgiven him for this role, which is in the Netflix Death Note uh, movie. And I am a huge, I'm a big anime fan. And it's like, you can bounce back from a bad, like everyone's in bad movie roles. Jeff Bridges is one of my favorite actors. We listed a ton of movie roles and I haven't held this grudge, but it's when you're in a bad movie role for an already established fan base and the movie just shits on it. <laughs> I can say, yeah, no, that takes us both, you know, with Weaving and uh, Lakeith at, and your Death Note. That takes us back to our very first episode where Ben Affleck is also featured. So, because yeah. we, uh, no, that's, it was, or no, that was our second episode. Where we yeah. Were so, um, but yeah. Yeah. You know, I forgot Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah. You got it. Sorry to Bother You is one of my favorite movies of most, one of my favorite recent movies. And he's fucking phenomenal in it. I mean, he's a very minor role in Knives Out, but I love him. Selma is really good. Right. But yeah, so yeah, Anna de Armas. I, I really look forward to, you know, seeing her in more shit because I think she's she's just a great little actress. She's and of course, you know, awesome. I got to have my creep moment. She's gorgeous too, so. And I've expressed my love for Knives Out. It was my favorite movie, or what I considered the best movie of 2019. 
Parasite was amazing, but I love Knives Out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's, and it's something about, you know, it's like the Salma Hayek thing for me. Like, I love Salma Hayek, but most of it revolves around that accent. Yeah. And Andy Armas has that, like, that Spanish accent, and she's oh, she's phenomenal. <laughs> but, yeah. So, Samara Weaving was the honorable mention for that one, but I'll give it to Armas on this. So, Mike, <laughs> who's your number three? My number three is Charlize Theron. Ah, who I can, yes. I consider her the best actress of my time. Yeah, you you wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> she is amazing. She is incredibly talented. Mad Max Fury Road is one of the best movies of the last 10 years. Yeah, it's it's really good. She's even good at like little shit. Like she was in that, like uh what was it? The the long shot, like that movie <laughs> with uh Seth Rogen. She's really good in that too. Yeah, and then um Kubo and the Two Strings, which I've expressed that I think is one of, if not the best anime, I'll say second best animated movie I've ever seen, probably. Maybe yeah, we, we talked about that. That was great. Yeah. yeah, she was really good in that. And of course, Devil's Advocate, obviously her best yeah. role. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Should have gotten the Oscar for it. <laughs> and then we... Hollywood. <laughs> and then Monster, of course. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, she's pretty great. And obviously, even the, even in dumb shit, like, you know, Fast and the Furious 8, like, she's really good in, you know? Yeah. But um, I'm trying to think of other shit. Like, Two Days in the Valley is a really good, like, original Charlize movie. That's a good one. You know, Snow White and the Huntsman, if they remade it today with, like, you know, Chris Hemsworth with a little bit more of a, like, comedic personality, and then they're like, oh, well, we're going to stay away from Kristen Stewart. We got Charlize Theron as the evil queen, who we maybe cast some more... Uh, now nah, you need black hair for Kristen Stewart. Don't Put a wig on her. She, she'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah, Samara well, Weaving. Everything. <laughs> Samara Weaving as, a, as Snow White versus Charlize Theron as the evil queen. That That is a darker Snow White movie I want to see. That's a, that's a majority Australian uh, one too, I think. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, she had so it's pretty great. Um, yeah, I mean, like likewise, I also had like you know Scarlett Johansson on my list. You know, it's, she's not in my top five, but like she's I love. I'm I'm a. Fan. I do like Scarlett. Johansson. Margot Robbie was on my list, but yeah, she's still great. And then of course you know I got my old school one where. She barely missed it, but, you know, Diane Lane is, is always, you know, a good one for me, a good go-to. She's somehow, and, I mean, hopefully they bring her back for Snyder Cut Justice League, which, have you seen the new trailer for that? With uh, with no. our boy J-Lo, <laughs> with our boy Jared Leto as the Joker in it? No, I don't got, plan to. You, no, you got to watch it. It's shockingly uh, watchable for a trailer, you know? But and his his new Joker is kind of well new Joker. I'd say the Snyder cut version of his Joker is like the crow. It doesn't have like the yeah. damage tattoo. I don't think so. Like it might actually be a tolerable performance. Probably not, but maybe. But um, but yeah. But she, she's like when you watch like Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, that fucking ridiculous Justice League that we got. Like she's one of the better. Diane Lane's one of the better parts of that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Kathy Kathy Bates was on my extended list. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> wasn't expecting a Kathy Bates reference in this. <laughs> Where can I say I love misery? <laughs> <laughs> Put that on Mike's tombstone. What can I say? I love misery. <laughs> 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 oh, 
it's like, well, all right. <laughs> no, he meant the movie. He meant the movie. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah. Also, so, I love her in American Horror Story. Yeah, I, I haven't watched that. I haven't watched any of that show. But um, yeah. So, so that was your what number three? Three. Three. All right. Did I do my number three? No. No. So my number three is uh, I'm going with it. I'm going with Jeff Goldblum. Love Jeff Goldblum. Love everything about Jeff Goldblum. He's so good. And of course, you know, my biggest one is obviously Jurassic Park, you know, and uh, and then of course there's, you know, Thor Ragnarok, there's, you know, the Independence fly. Day. There's Independence Day. There's everything. He He somehow makes every one of his roles is like distinct, but at the same time, he like makes it more distinct by like being Goldblum in it, you know? It's, yeah. I think it's he, what he's, Annie, he's Jeff Gold, he's Jeff fucking Goldblum. <laughs> right. Is it Annie Hall that he's like a random party guest in and he's still like great? Like you're still like, oh fucking Goldblum. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, he's he's just great. And like I said, and, and modern Jeff Goldblum's even better because he absolutely embraces the fact that he's just a weird fucking guy and he totally plays it as himself you know and it's <laughs> like it's like this is awesome you know just keep doing what you're doing man i'm all for it <laughs> so, love jeff goldblum <laughs> yeah there it is annie hall he's uh he's credited as lacy party guest <laughs> and of course there's christopher walken who's in that movie as well who did not make my my cut but uh should also be mentioned as just a phenomenal yeah. actor. <laughs> so, who's number two, Mike? Going with J.K. Simmons. <laughs> He's a menace. J.K. Simmons is so damn good. He's yeah. amazing. Um, Whiplash is one of my favorite movies. Not my tempo. Not my tempo. <laughs> Um, but La La Land is great. The Spider-Man trilogy is great. There's a reason that they transcended universes and brought him back. Obviously. <laughs> um, he's really good in BoJack Horseman. Uh, yeah. there's, I just, he's awesome. I love J.K. Simmons. <laughs> yeah, he's great in those, uh, he's great in those State Farm commercials. You know, he's great <laughs> as the yellow M&M. We've seen a thing or two because we, <laughs> we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Right. Yeah, he's the yellow M&M in those commercials, you know. It's, it's He's just, also the uh the villain in Kung Fu Panda 3. And he's awesome. Okay. He, he's awesome. Both both other villains in the Kung Fu Panda trilogy just missed my list. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's uh what? Ian uh Ian McShane. McShane and, and um it's Ian McShane and Gary Oldman both just missed. Oh, movies. Gary Oldman. What well, isn't Cranston in one of those? Uh, he plays Poe's dad. Like oh, okay, gotcha. dad. He's not a villain. Gotcha. Well, my favorite thing is <laughs> Kung Fu Panda Three. Every time J.K. Simmons' character Kai shows up, he, everyone's like, "Who?" He's like, "Come on!" <laughs> and then and then he shows up and he's about to fight Poe for the final fight. Even Poe goes, "You must be Kai." He's like, "Finally!" <laughs> nice. But I would say his best movie is Whiplash. Yeah, it's. I'd say yeah, it's really good. Obviously, 
But yeah, I mean, I obviously we've talked about at length of it, but his best role is probably oh, J. Jonah Jameson, J. Jonah Jameson, yeah. But um, all right, so yeah, J.K. Simmons, all right, my number two, I had to mention him because we're going to mention him next week, but it is the former governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, number two. Yes, my yeah, he's my number two. I was that's, expected number one. That's the shock of the week, my <laughs> friends. It's number he's number two for this. But um, yeah, he's he's phenomenal, and we'll get much more into it next week. But I fucking love that dude. I've I've seen almost all of his movies, and he's got some interesting fucking. He's got an interesting fucking filmography out there, and it's he's just phenomenal. Just as a person, I love him too. Like he's. He's never not Arnold Schwarzenegger. And that's yeah. one of the biggest things I respect and love about that guy. Like, I don't care if you live in California and he fucked up your state or whatever you think of him as a governor. You can never discount the fact that he's always been Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just great. But more to come next week on that. So, Mike, who is your number one? All right. So there were a lot of people I was considering for this top five. Peter Dinklage just missed the list. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brendan Gleeson just missed the list. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. That took me a second to remember what uh, picture that was. But yeah, okay. Um, and I'm my number one is going to be a very cliche answer. We brought him up this week. It's Robin Williams. Okay, okay. I can see that. Yeah. Obviously, we've mentioned him numerous Genie, times. Genie, of course. Good Will um, Hunting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we well, never did a dedicated episode to him, so I allowed it. <laughs> yeah, he's, oh yeah, he was he was obviously phenomenal. He was, but like, I mean, Dead Poet Society, Good Morning Vietnam, uh, yeah. Genie yeah. is literally just—he's the greatest Disney character ever. Yeah, he's he's pretty great. Then you know, just like if obviously the his personal demons aside, mm-hmm. like. He was apparently just a great dude too. You know, like he would call, I forget, I forget. I think we mentioned this before, but like Schindler's List, I think was filming at the same time as something else that he was in. Might've been Aladdin. I don't know, but he was like, he would call Schindler's List and like crack jokes and shit, like for the cast and like, just kind of like pep them up and like keep them up. Because obviously you're making a movie about the fucking Holocaust. (laughs) It's not going to be fun. So like, just to keep people's like spirits up and not have everybody all be all depressed. Like he would, he would like call and like kind of do bits and shit for him. It's like, you know, he didn't have to do that shit. You know, he's a busy man himself. Like he had a heart of gold and I wish he had a better mental state. I, yeah, he, he was absolutely amazing. Yeah, and then, Another, you know, of course, there's the crazy thing that, like, he loved The Legend of Zelda. Yeah. He named his daughter Zelda. <laughs> another, like that. another actor that just barely missed my list was Ray Fiennes. Ralph Fiennes, as we mentioned last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's really good. Yeah. So, that said, I... Also, I Tim did, Curry. Tim Curry should be mentioned. I that's love Tim true. Curry. Yeah, he is phenomenal. Cheese pizza. <laughs> And but, Christopher uh, Lee, really. What's that? Christopher Lee. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's pretty great. But, um, and Alan yeah, Rick- then- fuck, I keep listing off more and more people. <laughs> Alan Rickman. <laughs> right, yeah. And all of yours are dead, by the way. <laughs> You're just reading the obituary of famous <laughs> I did have an actor that almost made this list off of one performance, which was Javier Bardem in No Country. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's also great in Skyfall, but I I think Anton Chigurh is the single most terrifying character in any movie ever. Especially with that haircut. Oh yeah, that's a terrible haircut. <laughs> He's also in that um that Vic, Vicky Christina Barcelona. I think is a three way with Penelope Cruz and Scarlett Johansson in that. But uh, good for him. <laughs> it's, it's not a great movie, but it's like it's an interesting like oh okay all right <laughs> you know. But I think he also gets to actually be Spanish in that mm-hmm. too. So it's like all right, he gets to be himself. But yeah, so obviously I also had a bunch that didn't make my list, like the legendary Tom Cruise, like. I love that dude. Like all of his, he's just a great actor. You know, when you watch his movies, they're, they're really, he's great in them. Like obviously his personal Scientology and his crazy shit that he's done. He's he, he, that side of him is kind of weird, but then like you hear a lot of people talk of him as just like a person. He remembers like random people that he meets. He remembers your name. He remembers something about you. Like he really is like paying attention when he's like to like everybody he meets. It's pretty wild. I love Tom Cruise, and I grew up in the era of Tom Cruise was a pretty boy, like, like that was my younger years was that, and what totally changed that is going to see Tropic Thunder in theaters. <laughs> yeah, and then he does shit like Tropic Thunder, you know, it's like, you go from Ethan Hunt, like, almost killing himself in an action movie, then you get, like, Interview with a Vampire, where he's a pretty boy vampire, but then you get fucking tropic thunder you know les grossman tom cruise and, and they have a few good men which is my personal favorite movie of him, like my per- favorite performance of him yeah and there's you know maverick and top gun and i mean i'm not a fan of top gun but i know he's great in it you know he's he's really good and then of course then there's say harrison ford we've we talked about during star wars you know obviously yeah. keanu we mentioned before and then ryan gosling didn't quite make my list but he's pretty great too. ryan reynolds i feel like i almost put in just because god damn it i love him as deadpool and pikachu <laughs> yes yeah I don't, I don't know about the pikachu part but he's he's really like I, i've always enjoyed that dude even during his I don't want to be Van Wilder for a phase where he did like safe house. And then that movie where he got buried alive and shit like that. But my number one is heads and shoulders above the rest. And we have talked about him before. It is Angelina Jolie's most recent husband, Brad Pitt. I, I purposely excluded Brad Pitt off of my list. Cause you hinted that he was going to be on yours. And there he is. He is my number one everything that dude does is awesome (laughs) i I love that guy he has been in so many great movies that like you don't even realize half the shit he's been in that you're like you know what he was fucking phenomenal (laughs) you know i mean you have the obvious ones like fight club and seven i just mentioned it interview with a vampire that's one of his lesser ones but he's still great in it 12 monkeys he's fucking phenomenal one woman 12 monkeys he, that might be my favorite movie speech ever where he does his uh electronic sex objects sex yep. toys we talked about obviously mr and mrs smith he's amazing in and germs germs uh, <laughs> sanity's majority rule man <laughs> right yeah and then like you know obviously mr and mrs smith the big short um you mentioned Fury. Uh, Moneyball. Love Moneyball. Moneyball. He was in, the, in that movie, The Counselor, where Cameron Diaz has sex with a car windshield, you know? 12 Years a Slave. World War Z, not great. He's okay in it. Killing I haven't seen Ad Astra. Have you seen Ad Astra? I have not, but it's on my HBO Max list to watch. And then... You know, is four, the movies that are listed as his, his most well-known are Ad Astra, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Moneyball, and 12 Monkeys. How is Fight Club not in that four? right 
yeah, I don't, I don't know. And then of course there's Inglorious Bastards. There's Case of Benjamin Button. There's Burn After Reading. Speaking of the Cohen Brothers, then there's that weird ass movie Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. It's like okay, kind of that's, boring and long. It's a three hour movie about nothing, but he's pretty good in it. You yeah. Know? And of course there's the Ocean movies where he's great as Rusty. And Moonlight's like, supposed to be really good. What? Moonlight is supposed to be really oh, good. Yeah. yeah. There's that, but there's there, yeah, he's in Moonlight. Wait, do you mean Moonlight? Like Mahershala Ali's Moonlight? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, he's barely in it. Like he's got a small role in that. I forgot about that shit. But uh yeah, then like the Mexican Snatch he's in. Uh, I love Snatch. I listed it as one of my five favorite comedies. Right. Meet Joe Black, seven years in Tibet. It's He's in so many good, like, sleepers. It's seven, by far, one of his best, you know? And there's Legends of the Fall, true romance as Floyd, you know? It's like... The Oceans movies. The Oceans, yeah, yeah, I mentioned the Oceans movies. And, of course, his greatest role that we've mentioned that we dedicated part of an episode to, Cool World. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There is that. But, yeah, that dude, that dude, everything he does... And then, like, it's weird because at the same time, he's also the biggest star in the world. Like, he can't go anywhere without people recognizing him. And he still kind of comes across as, like, not being – he could be a completely insane person for the level of, like, fame that he has. But apparently, he's still a fairly down-to-earth kind of dude, like a regular dude just to kind of talk to, you know? Who, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, casually killed his wife, and it's just sort of written off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like, oh, well, what are you going to (laughs) do? But, but yeah, he's – apparently, he is just, you know, he's, like, a fairly – he's a pretty good dude, like a regular dude as well. And all of his movies – you know, varying degrees of success that they have. He's just, he's always great in them, whatever his role may be. And I've, I've never disliked a Brad Pitt performance and he's just awesome. So that's why he is number one, as opposed to the guy we're going to talk about next week, which is the reason I didn't really go on about him because we're going to get into him next week. So until that time, like where can people find us on the internet? All right. So we're streaming on Spotify, Anchor, uh, Apple Podcasts and several other sites. Uh, Happy Hour Films Podcast. You can find us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Happy Hour Films Podcast. Comment, like our stuff, reach out, give us a follow. We love to talk to our fans. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, Mike and I have been variously on our own, just kind of been fucking around the internet trying to find different little like merchandise things that we could maybe put out there and see what that alley is we'll uh we'll be working on that in the future so that's maybe to come something like that something maybe as small as stickers or coasters yeah i think i think you'll be getting stickers soon probably yeah <laughs> so they, they might be available at some point but, looking uh, at beer glasses but we'll we'll see how that goes right obviously yeah maybe beer koozies <laughs> oh yeah there we go that'll work but uh so we have one more week left in uh, Valentine's February, and we're going back to my second pick, which obviously, if you've been paying attention for the last three minutes, you know is Arnold Schwarzenegger. And we're going to have my uh, our good friends, my good friend and uh, fan of the show, favorite of the show, Steve is going to be back for that. He's going to come back, and we're going to 
do all kinds of Arnold impressions because that's what we do with Steve episodes. <laughs> yeah, between the depadded, uh, <laughs> the depadded, yeah, uh, yeah, all of our dark night episodes, our dark night voices that we did last time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're gonna be doing a lot of uh, Arnold bits, and because uh, Steve and I have a long history with Arnold, <laughs> you know, it's well, you grew up in the height of Arnold. Oh, yeah, yeah, it goes back a long way with that. And like I said, he's, he's aside from Brad, there, he is absolutely one of my favorite actor of all time and human being of all time. So, Love Kindergarten Cop. So good. Yeah. Required, uh, required homework for uh, next week is Predator and w- either of the two Terminator movies. You can watch the first two. You can don't waste your time with the rest, but the first two absolutely pay. Especially yeah. number two. I think is, I think number two is the one to go with. Yeah, absolutely. But we will be talking about all things Arnold uh, next week. So, unless until- you want to see, uh, unless you want to see Arnold do like talk with a Texas a- Southern accent in three. Oof! <laughs> yeah, there's 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 a lot going on with the rest of those Terminator movies with him, and it's it's we'll get into it, but it's yeah. it's not good. <laughs> I can say that. <laughs> So until that time, uh, I have been Ross Bacon. I've been Mike McWiggin. And we'll see you guys next time. So long. Well, so water under the bridge. And we do enter the next round robin. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Okay, then.